Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of PwC's Leap Network How to Empower podcast. My name is Chris Keir, and I'm your host for this series. Uh, I hope everyone is keeping well in lockdown. We are bringing you this episode uh, virtually, not through our studio as we typically do. So please bear with us as we try to figure out the best way to uh, record our episodes from our own homes and, and across the digital platform. Uh, this week's episode is around neurodiversity. Neurodiversity is the concept that neurological differences are recognized and respected as any other human variation with a viewpoint that brain differences are normal rather than deficits. The recent data from the National Autistic Society found that 16% of adults with an autism spectrum condition were in full-time employment and 32% are in some kind of paid work, despite more than three quarters saying that they have the skills and the desire to contribute to the workplace. And the focus of this episode today is around how to empower you to have conversations around neurodiversity, understand what we mean by it, and look at how being neurodiverse is an ability rather than a disability. And today we're joined by Michael Vermeesh, the Digital Inclusion Lead at Microsoft, and also Erin Vale, a consultant at PwC who joined through Autocon. Uh, Autocon is an IT consultancy that places people with autism in firms to develop meaningful and rewarding careers. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Michael and Erin. Michael, if we can start with you, if we may, um, could you tell us a bit about yourself, um, your experience, your diagnosis, uh, and a bit about your role? Let's talk about my role for the moment. Uh, so um, I'm Digital Inclusion Lead with Microsoft and Microsoft UK. Uh, so what that means is I work in our services part of the business. And my key focus is to make sure that uh, our technology and our services land in the most inclusive way possible, uh, really going towards our mission statement, making sure that we, 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 reach, we, we empower 100% of the population, not 50%, not 80%, and that includes people with disabilities. So uh, often my focus is on accessibility, but not only. Uh, in another role, I'm also the chair of the employee resource group of employees with disabilities at Microsoft UK, uh, which which kind of goes hand in hand uh, and gives me great insights and, and allows me to bring that representation in the way we bring our technology and solutions to our customers. So that's a bit about my role. Uh, diagnosis. Um, I. I got my official diagnosis of autism at the age of 53. Um, there were, as I said, there were always indications. Um, in school, I loved going to schools, which probably set me apart already with a lot of children. Nevertheless, uh, the, school, the school psychologist did tell my parents to not to bother with me and that uh, I wouldn't get anywhere in life uh there was although intellectually uh, i was definitely not bad uh they felt like um you know i the anxiety that i would face in later life would be too much of a, a barrier for me to accomplish anything well, amazing and thank you for for sharing and, and look you know look how far you've come since your your teachers you know sort of ruled you out if, if that makes sense and kudos to yourself um Aaron, it'd be great to, to learn more about yourself yeah so i don't have near as much experience being much younger age but um <laughs> i've definitely had a much more 
contrasting experience. I've my mum was autistic, and through her experiences, she's like sort of tried to set things right for me. So when we went to primary school, it was made very clear that I had autism and I'd been diagnosed since I was about five. Um, and it's definitely caused problems. Like my problems were to do with like violence and not being able to understand why people think certain things. Like if someone called me a name, um, that I felt offended me, I would punch them. And it was like, there wasn't that disconnection for me. It was like, you hurt me, I hurt you. Um, then, so the support I had for that was about like the discipline around that, trying to make me not do bad things while rewarding good things and generally trying to be a good human being. Then when it comes to secondary, secondary school, um, we had a really good support for all disability, um, the head of art was the also the head of disability and it was just a great person and sort of was very easy to understand what problems we were going through and just gradually over as of becoming more of an adult just those problems that I encountered were more manageable as like I they will be associated with punishments, like if you overreact and taking a step back just to think like, initially it would be thinking like, is this worth it to lash out? And then what will I suffer when I do this? And then that transitions more into understanding, being a bit more empathetic to why they might be hurting me do they even know they're hurting me and then like being able to much more understand people around me um which i think is quite unusual for someone with autism but isn't impossible mm-hmm. and then first job i get it's always hard finding the first job um but the first one i do get is autocon which hires exclusively autistic people. I always remember that I hadn't even, I was applying for many jobs and I get one email back saying like, are you autistic? And I'm like, yes. And it was only then that I realized that I'd applied to Autocon that hires exclusively autistic consultants. (laughs) Right. Um, So it's definitely a bit of luck there, but it's, the support has been tremendous throughout me for me throughout my life and it's continued here at pwc well that's fantastic to hear and, and aaron we, we spoke um before we, we started the came onto the podcast and, and your mother had a had a different experience in the world of employment yeah so one of the things that she's told me about and gave me as a warning when I was as a teenager 
just thinking about work. Um, it's fine in education to tell people that you're autistic and you'll get support. However, when she, when she was working, um, a colleague of hers, were, they were having an argument and she had previously made it known that she had autism as well. And so in the argument, the colleague used, well, you only think that because you're autistic. And so my mum was just warning me that I shouldn't let it be known that I'm autistic in the workplace. I should just omit that detail, struggle as I struggle, but just never let it be known I'm struggling because of my um, neurodiversity. Coming over to you, Michael, did you have a similar experience throughout, throughout your career? What's your take on on coming forward with, uh, again, being neurodiverse? Aaron, I can see, I can see where your mum is coming from, and uh, I, feel, I'm, I feel so sorry hearing this. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I had some I mean, interesting experiences where, uh, you know, there, there, there was this line manager who he kind of felt that things weren't going in a certain way and and he asked me why are things not going in a certain way and and me being autistic just took that right okay i'll tell you i'll tell you i'll make you a nice list i'll make you a dossier exactly on why things aren't going right and i may prepare this complete dossier and, and include it uh things like because i'm autistic i might be missing social cues uh because i'm autistic i might be you know uh not doing stakeholder management right um and i was including all these things as well so all the possible problems on why things might not be going uh exactly how things would be as somebody could expect so being very complete in my study and fine uh and and I could see that the manager was kind of surprised when he got that whole document. Oh, okay, I didn't know, he said. And then, you know, when it came to performance review, the manager said, well, you know, I have to tell you that you obviously can't do your job. And, and I said, well, why is that? And he brought exactly the points that I raised that I might not be able to do stakeholder management well, that I might not be able to read people well, uh, take social cues, and all of that kind of stuff. Well, these are all the reasons why you might not be suited for your job. Uh, so yeah, on that aspect, I can say, yes, there is that. There are those people who are misinformed, who have that, I would call it now, fixed mindset. Uh, and And rather than looking what people can do look at what people can't do there are those people uh but this is one reason why we're having this call right to so we can have that open mindset and and look at what people can do and look at what people's strengths and abilities are uh so so yes those those things are real i think and i hope Seeing with initiatives like the Valuable 500, seeing with Disability Confident that the UK government is pushing out, that more and more 
we're breaking down those barriers and more and more we're bringing this in the open and having that discussion. I don't think humanity started like this. Oh, I think humanity got to where we were with becoming more efficient, the 80-20 rule, all of those kind of things. And we lost that together we are more, together we have different strengths and we can do more. I think throughout humanity kind of lost that uh, overall. It is time to actually, especially in times like these, to, to look back and say, right, you know, we need people with different, we need different thinkers. We need people with different viewpoints uh, because otherwise, you know, the future of humanity will be limited. Um, Aaron, I'd be keen to understand from, from your experience um, and, and, you know, the uh, how you've worked with Autocon and, and PwC, has that changed your mother's perception around uh, autism uh, in, in the workplace? Or is, does she still hold that, that view she had prior to you joining? Absolutely, it's changed. It's, I mean, she was happily surprised when she found out what Autocon did. And um, as I get my like first role, we talked about that a lot and how we talked specifically about how that conversation we had years ago. It must have both stuck in our heads enough. Mm. And it's, I don't know if she's taken that to her side much, but obviously she knows that the world in general has taken it on board better than it has before. Um, I think she's, she's definitely happy for it being so. It's, it's great to hear that your mother's perception has, has changed on this. And um, it'd be keen to understand from, from, from you, Aaron, in terms of your workplace, um, how has technology supported or, or been a barrier for your work? Are there any specific digital tools that you perhaps rely on? Me personally, I have very need very little need of the technology uh, the one thing that i can pick up on is noise cancelling headphones which while might be beneficial for anyone to reduce distraction and noise mm -hmm. for me helps me limit sensory overload which is just when things get a little bit too unbearable and i'm unable to perform um, but i do know that there's technology available, specifically digital ones for um, like screen covers that where people might be visually sensitive. Uh -huh. um, white on black can be a very disorienting time uh, trying to read off that. Whereas um, there's like some people like white on black um, or even just a different color completely like pink is a very common color to be able to read off very easily mm. um or and then like the tool obviously at that point could just change the color as you see fit you can tweak with it and it's adjustable to everyone's needs well, that's fantastic and, and and michael i'll ask you the same question but but also it'd be good to understand perhaps what works for you in different environments, um, particularly around uh, how remote working, I guess due to the, the current lockdown, how that's impacted you and, and any particular challenges or, or benefits? 
a bit like Aaron says, um, does play does technology play a huge role in, in the context of adjustments and things like that? Having said that, noise cancelling headsets uh, definitely are, are worth it. It reduces the sensory input and makes me uh, allows me to have more energy throughout the day and allows me to focus. Um, so where an operating system allows me to set the focus on so I do not get disrupted. Uh, and I can set rules in so my manager can still get through to me or my family can still get through to me. So that's really key and helpful. Uh, and that's, again, because I could be too much focused. Mm. And now where I see technology go, uh, more and more great use of artificial intelligence. And that's just for me. The mere fact that that is there then also means that I feel encouraged mm. and enabled to manage that myself but also have a conversation with my manager about this. You know what? I had 39 meetings last week. I think we maybe there's something wrong here. <laughs> so uh, because I have that access to that technology and that, but it's not special because it's ubiquitous for us all uh, at Microsoft. And that was fine. Uh, with, with COVID-19, what is sadly happening is that the, the office is coming a little bit too much into my home. Um, you're, you're facing an always-on attitude. Uh, they're even bringing social and fun in a digital way to my home office. Um, that's a bit too much. Um, so, so in that sense, uh, you know, it, I'd like to experience the world how I need to. That's really interesting, and it, and it, I think what's really key there is is a two way communication between you, your manager, mm. and, and your your employer. Um, again, just to make sure that you know the the conditions are are really ideal for you. Um, and, and that sort of leads me on to my quite nicely to my to my next question. Um, and, and Aaron, it, it'd be good to understand from from from, from you. Um, what can employers and colleagues do to better support people with autism uh, within their own organization? I'm keen to get your thoughts on that. Just acknowledging it is a really good start. So acknowledging that maybe I need extra clarity on certain tasks um, or that I might need a minute to like prepare myself before a meeting if I'm like asked to present something and then everything else will just fall in place. I think it's very easy to just look after anyone with neurodiversity. Um, say someone suffers more than I do and they have a lot of like light sensitivity, then just allowing them to work in a darker place where it might be a bit frowned upon like if i said i worked in a dark dingy place yeah for someone else that might be like ideal working conditions and is that the same for you uh michael um is there anything or something that any everyone listening can do to feel empowered to have a conversation on autism generally everybody wants everybody to succeed <laughs> and and just go from that mindset uh, and how can I focus on the strengths of a person? How can I get the best out of that person? Uh, that That's generally, that should be that kind of enabling culture that every employer 
should embrace and they will get the best out of their employees. I mean, everybody will want to love to work in an environment like that, right? Uh, then with regards, when and when you then create those kind of ecosystems, uh, I love that disability confidence scheme uh, that we're, we're, we're now a disability confident leader where it's very clear that our leaders, um, you know, of just want to do that inclusion uh, and want to understand and and make you successful uh and what my management has seen as well is that by empowering me and and creating that environment of trust they get so much more out of me uh and that works with everybody again uh, so ultimately you know i think I mean, a key lesson maybe here is is that if we would focus more on on disability inclusion, we would actually make the workplace a better environment for everybody. And what a great way to bring us to a, another close of, of another fantastic episode of our uh, of our How to Empower podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Erin and Michael. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation for sharing your experiences around autism and neurodiversity. But to you, our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to share our thoughts, please get in touch. You can do so using the uh, PwC underscore leap uh, hashtag. Uh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with our future episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. See you next episode.